Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. For today, we will continue on with our series of year-ahead conversations, focusing in specifically on the U.S. REIT sector, real estate investment trusts. Joining us for the conversation, glad to welcome back John Wallishan. John is the real estate and lodging analyst for the Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. John, great to be with you as always. Thank you again for dropping by top of the morning. Looking forward to our conversation. Morning, Dan, and thanks for having me again. Absolutely. So, John, as we've talked about on prior episodes, 2022, reflecting on the year, has been challenging for the U.S. REIT sector as rates have been on the rise and we've seen some fluctuations in rates in recent time. But can you put some numbers around that for us, John, in terms of year-to-date sector performance? Uh, sure, Dan. And I'm, I'm reminded of that classic uh, blood, sweat and tears song, Spinning Wheel, and the line, what goes up must come down. Uh, after a banner year in 2021, it certainly has been a tough year for the property REITs in 22. Uh, as of yesterday's close, the sector is down about 25 percentage points, and that's underperforming the broader market, the S&P 500, by about 900 basis points. So clearly it has been uh, been a challenge. And, you know, with, without a doubt, now, you know, the, I think the, the two biggest contributors, number one, far and away, are the rise in interest rates. And the knee-jerk reaction uh, of rates up, rates down has been evident, particularly with the very, very aggressive move we've seen to the upside in interest rates. And I think the other thing is certainly concerns about the slowing economy. Uh, commercial real estate is economically sensitive, some sectors more so than others. And with concerns about a slowing economy and a possible recession, I think that certainly no one should be surprised of the challenge performance within the REIT sector. So, John, as we look ahead into 2023, there is anticipation over the Fed a slowing and pausing its rate hikes, rate cuts perhaps on the table. And as we're recording today on Tuesday, December 13th, the Fed is actually kicking off their two-day policy meeting. So we'll see what happens tomorrow in terms of the announcement. Though, John, what are the implications of that policy trajectory slowing, pausing to the performance of U.S. REITs? Well, I mean, it's interesting. Let's just look at the data that came out today. Uh, the, the, head, the, the headlining core CPI, uh, you know, the one measure of inflation came in, uh, you know, better than expected, less worse, depending on how you want to look at it. And the, certainly stock market is, is indicated by the futures is up today. But what's interesting is if you break down the subcomponents of inflation, uh, and for those listeners who don't know, the single biggest uh, component of CPI uh, is is what's called shelter, uh, and the biggest component within that is called owner's equivalent rent. So it's not exactly home prices, it's not exactly observable rents, but it is a very, very big portion of uh, inflation, and that number is still ticking up. Now, in fairness, it is a backwards-looking number by the way the Fed measures it. Uh, so, you know, I think the market is certainly getting excited by, you know, have we have we surpassed peak inflation? And certainly the data points that way. But ultimately, it's how the Fed looks at it, not how the market looks at it. And so I think the couple of things that are going to be on the Fed's mind are, number one, you know, shelter costs. And again, shelter is composed of a number of things. Number one, number two is wage growth. And wage growth is running very, very hot. And the number three in the wild card is energy prices. Now, they've certainly pulled back from their highs, but, you know, it is a geopolitical uh, geopolitically or uh, oriented uh, commodity, and it is the single biggest tax and or tax cut 
in the global economy because energy goes into everything. And so, look, if the Fed were to slow down, and it looks like they will be slowing the pace of hikes, but whether they quote-unquote pivot or actually go to a cut, I mean, that is that is to be determined. And I think, you know, the Fed uh, was clearly behind the curve, even by their own admission. And so, you know, I think that it still remains to be determined. And I think the other thing we need to keep in mind is there is a lot of uh, debt that was issued five years ago uh, that is going to be coming due in 2023. Now, rates are pulling back from their highs, but they're still elevated relative to 2018. Uh, and so you are going to see, you know, some of those REITs who have debt maturing, but some of those are going to be challenged. So there seems to be a lot of wait and see with respect to the course of monetary policy in the year ahead. I know, John, there has been growing concern over the prospects for an economic downturn, choppy waters sometime in 2023. How do REITs, John, typically perform fair in a recessionary environment? So generally, as you know, as, as we talked about, you know, earlier on in the discussion, real estate is clearly commercial real estate in particular is, is economically sensitive, but it's also a lagging indicator. And so it won't actually show up in the numbers, particularly for those property types that have slightly longer duration leases uh, in that, you know, those leases will take time to roll off. So you've clearly seen the stocks are going to move far in advance of what you're going to see in uh, in the, in the, a lot of the property types. Uh, now that said, you, you, we, the commercial real estate is not a monolith and every property type has different dynamics. Uh, some of them have shorter duration leases. And so we're in an interesting environment of elevated inflation and, a, you know, certainly a slowing economy, whether it's a recession time will tell. Uh, and so there are certain sectors that still have pricing power. You know, the warehouse or industrial space, uh, the multifamily apartment space, even though rents are slowing there, you still have rent growth. Then you've got some more, uh, then you've got some more what we call the technology oriented REITs, your data centers and your wireless towers. Those tend to have, you know, pretty solid growth built into their leases. So it's going to really vary by property type, but in general, uh, in a recessionary type environment, uh, a lot of real estate will certainly be under, under some degree of pressure. So, John, when we spoke a couple of months ago, we, we talked about this next point. I thought it was worth bringing up again. I, I know investors typically gravitate towards REITs for the dividend exposure. How have dividend yields performed recently relative to bond yields? Yeah, and I think it's always important to take a step back and remember why one invests in commercial real estate. And commercial real estate is an income-producing asset with long-term capital appreciation potential. Uh, and so, look, understanding that REITs are stock first and real estate second, they do have, you know, they are going to be subject to the vagaries of the market. Uh, but, not, yes, as you correctly point out, dividend yield is an important component. But, you know, over the last, say, 20 years, you know, yields have become a smaller portion in general of REIT returns. Now, I think going forward, certainly for the next couple of years, yield will be a more important component just because it's likely that the REIT equivalent or earnings growth is going to be on the slower side. Uh, but, you know, we, what we've seen is, again, this is going to vary by property type. Uh, the stronger property types, uh, either they're very defensive in nature or they have better balance sheets. You've actually seen dividend increases this year. We've seen several dividend cuts, and I'm only speaking now of the property REITs, not the mortgage REITs. We've seen several dividend cuts, particularly in the office sector, which is you know, has its challenges. Uh, and so it's really been sort of a mixed bag. 
Uh, now, don't forget, REITs are required to pay a minimum of, of minimum of 90% of their taxable income out as dividends. And so, you know, you know, companies are looking, they're sort of projecting what they think their taxable income. And just to let everybody know, taxable income in real estate is very much of an artistic calculation. So it's not as simple as saying, oh, well, their pre-tax income is X, therefore we know what their taxable income will be. Um, so look, I think it is going to be a mixed bag. I think we, you know, we will continue to see, you know, modest dividend increases for those better position REITs. And I'm not going to be surprised if we see for the more challenged sectors and those more highly levered companies, you know, saying we're going to preserve capital. We know that we think our taxable income will be down and we'll lower dividends. Uh, and one thing that we want to emphasize, and we've talked about it before, but it's crucially important, do not, please do not chase yield for yield's sake, uh, especially in an environment with elevated interest rates. Uh, now, there are you know, one of the things we look at, we always talk about quality, and that's quality of management, quality of balance sheet, quality of properties, quality of location. And the last one is quality of dividend coverage. And that is really, really important. And so, you know, obviously we're happy to talk to anybody, you know, offline about any individual names, uh, but you know, a lot of people are seduced by high yields, and some of those high yields can, pr can prove illusory uh, in a more challenged economic environment. So, John, in consideration of all that you've covered for us, and this, of course, includes the setup for the macroeconomic and monetary policy environment for 2023, how are you recommending that investors approach an allocation into REITs as we head into 2023? Yeah, so overall, you know, we have a neutral allocation uh, from a sector perspective to REITs, and, you know, we still have that allocation. We do believe... Uh, we do believe exposure for a lot of clients to REITs does make sense, both from not only an income perspective, from a total return perspective. We think especially given the performance of the overall sector this year, uh, there, there are some, there's a pretty good setup, for, especially for the sectors uh, that we think have brighter outlooks. And those sectors, some of which we already touched on, uh, your, your residential rentals, that would be your multifamily, your single family, and, and the manufactured home communities, certainly the uh, industrial-slash-warehouse REITs, your data centers, your wireless towers. Uh, within office, we're very, very selective, particularly life science oriented. Uh, grocery anchor shopping centers, we think, are well positioned. Uh, so we do think that there's, 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 there's definitely room for allocation. Uh, we don't, you know, we would definitely be buyers on weakness, not on strength, because this group, on any days that the, you know, interest rates are up or concerned about the economy, the group will trade down. But basically, we have uh, what we call a barbell approach, but it's not an equally weighted barbell. You know, we have on both ends, of the barbell, if you think about a barbell has two big ends to it, we have the more what we'll call the you know, more aggressive or technology-oriented REITs. Again, your data centers, your wireless towers on the opposite end of the barbell, we're certainly going further out on the risk curve. And although we have said that the office space is very challenged, uh, you know, we do think that the, 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 the final book has not been written on return to office yet. And we think there are a couple of very, very interesting opportunities there. And also within the mall sector, and I know mall is both a literal and figurative four-letter word, uh, but there is, you know, in one mall company in particular we find interesting. And then in the bar, the middle that barbell are those kind of core holdings. And again, you know, again, we, we really particularly like, uh, you know, the residential rentals, the 
the industrial companies, industrial slash warehouse, some of the grocery anchored uh, shopping center companies, uh, and then you know, there are a couple of smatterings we talked about. Uh, life sciences-oriented office, and a couple of what we call triple net lease companies, especially uh, that have more inflation protection built in. So that's how we structure it, because, look, well, it's unknown. The, pe- the path of the economy and the path of uh, it, the interest rate trajectory and monetary policy is certainly in flux. And if we get either too defensive or too aggressive, we certainly run the risk of, of being of being positioned the wrong way. So we think this this allocation sort of positions us to benefit from both good secular trends, uh, a little bit of defensiveness in the event that we do get, uh, you know, we we do get some adverse either economic and or monetary uh, policy. And if things start to move up, then we have that exposure to um, certainly what we'll call the more aggressive side of, of real estate land. John, thank you for dropping by top of the morning to share with us your thinking on U.S. REITs as we head into a new year. And thank you as well for all of the insights into the sector you've provided our listeners, our clients here on the podcast throughout the course of 2022. Looking forward to, of course, picking back up with our conversation in the year ahead, though. Thank you for your time today, John. Appreciate it, as always. Uh, My pleasure, Dan. Thanks for having me. and, uh, And thank you to all our clients. Um, and please do not hesitate to reach out um, with any questions. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. And again, today we have been joined by John Wallishan, real estate and lodging analyst for the Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.